Welcome to the EDV podcast, the official podcast of the European Academy of Dermatology and Venereology. This episode marks the second of an extra monthly series covering some of the best venereology talks delivered at the EADV Congress in Berlin. Across the coming months, you will hear from five world-renowned expert speakers and interviewers covering various venereological conditions. But before we get into that, if you haven't already, check out our program of face-to-face courses offering high-quality theoretical and practical training covering a wide variety of specialties. Applications have already opened for courses for 2024, including infectious diseases for nurses in dermatology. Places fill out fast, so subscribe to our mailing list if you'd like to be the first to receive news of when courses go live. You can learn more at eadv.org. Today we are joined by Dr. Aya Hiltunen-Bach, a leading expert on genital area skin diseases and STIs. She is a specialist and adjunct professor in venereology at the University of Helsinki, and her main research interests have been the epidemiology of STIs and genital dermatology. Dr. Aya Hiltunenbach is in conversation with medical student and HIV activist Vladimir Grishiskin, discussing the revival of syphilis. Enjoy. Syphilis is back again. Why are we facing this epidemic even in uh, the 21st century when we have plenty of therapeutic options and diagnostic opportunities? Well, there are probably several reasons for that. I think that during the COVID pandemic, people stayed home, they didn't travel and they didn't meet other people. And now afterwards, they they start going around and, and of course, get more infected. So that's maybe one reason. Of course, not anymore, but during 2020, when the increase was very uh, rapid. Then we have a lot of people using HIV PrEP. So that has been a very big change in the field of STIs because you have a first time a chance to avoid HIV transmission and it's very important. But people forgot that there are other STIs too. We see it in in gonorrhea and also in syphilis. So they are all figures growing up. And then even though we have a treatment uh, for syphilis penicillin, which have been for decades, and it's working properly, there's no problem with that. But if we think about human nature, I think that is the maybe the most difficult thing to affect so that you don't get the infection in the first place. Thank you. Uh, it, completes, it completely answers uh, my question. But... Um, why um, do you find this topic interesting uh, personally for you? Uh, I have done STIs for uh, 30 years and I think syphilis is one of the most fascinating disease or infection because you never know it properly. Every day you learn more and more because it's very uh, complicated in the nature. There are several stages and also... uh, the clinical picture is very, very varying. And uh, I think, especially for dermatologists, is is a very big challenge. And that's why it's important to talk about it and to remind uh, colleagues about the infection, because they probably see it in their clinics, but they don't realize that this might be syphilis. So it's too good to remind that we still have this old disease. But I think it's it's a challenge in in clinical 
uh, respective. Regarding the raising numbers of uh, uh, syphilis, can we also blame uh, stigmatization of STIs and uh, specifically syphilis for the situation we have? Of course, because uh, in all STIs there is a difficult for people to go to the doctor and, and ask for a test. And, and maybe we providers don't offer uh, very easily testing also because we feel uh, also a little bit awkward to ask that, could you have STI and can we test it? So it might be a problem that, that there is no access so easily for testing. And that's why I think that we know uh, that we need a low threshold testing places for those people who have a difficulty to go to the normal clinics. Uh, how could we overcome stigmatization of STIs? I think we have to educate the providers to talk about sex and sexually transmitted diseases like they, they are part of the normal life. And, and also to uh, meet people with different sexual background and, and, and to accept everything and not to think about everything on your own way. So that is something which we need uh, an education, I think. And also a lot of talking uh, in public also that sex sexual transmitted diseases are part of the world and, and they are with us and we can try to battle against them. But anyway, we have to deal th with them too. Doxyprep and doxypap uh, tend to be uh, very popular in the medical community from a researching perspective, but also uh, among K populations, especially in uh, MSM community. Uh, how do you think can the expansion of these regimes will lead to a bigger number of seronegative cases of syphilis? Actually, in Europe, we are working on that uh, and thinking about how to react about uh, maybe doing a new guideline or something, because we don't know everything about it. But I still think that there are a lot of questions unanswered. And uh, if that happens, that we miss some syphilis diagnosis uh, due to the uh, doxyprep. So I think it's quite disaster. So if, if we found out uh, those late forms, for instance, when, when it's not seen in the blood test as a serological positivity. So, so I find it uh, still a big question mark and I, I think we need to find it out properly. Is it wide worth to do it? But theoretically, uh, usage of antibiotics on the early stages of syphilis can lead to prolonged um, serological window. So that's why I was curious because uh, this tool really like um, very popular and uh, we definitely uh, can possibly face this situation with a lot of latent forms. Yes, that's true. And we also have to think about other STIs because mm -hmm. it can affect gonorrhea, for instance, and, and things like that. So it's not so simple because we can't uh, use it only for one infection. So this is a still very controversial topic. Yes. Um, STIs and um, sexual health are very sensitive topics to work with. Can you name three personal qualities of yourself that you find vital for that kind of work? 
I think that uh, you have to have empathy for patient. You have to try to uh, figure their position and their fears and, and things like that so that you um, meet them at the same level, if you can say, that you are not a doctor that is up, up there and, and then you are giving orders, why didn't you use condom? But, but to talk about like two people at the same level. And then I love infections and I love to uh, solve problems. And I think that's, that's the most important thing when you think about SDI. So ha you have to think about what could this be uh, and rule out maybe other, other uh, diseases. What is needed uh, to stop this epidemic of syphilis completely? I don't think that we can do it completely. Never. It hasn't been done, not yet. Anyway, uh, we need to educate uh, healthcare professionals and also public that there is a disease and what are the symptoms and how to test. We need low threshold um, testing places, point of care test where we get the result very quickly. We have a proper uh, treatment, so there is no problem with that. But also we, we need to really uh, make good surveillance of, of the risk population and who need more the, the education and, and maybe uh, preventive actions. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening. And if you haven't already, please make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts, follow us on Spotify, or otherwise you can find us on any major podcast provider. We appreciate you joining us and look forward to presenting more interviews, research and other important topics. Stay tuned for the next episode of the Venereology Talks series, which goes live on February the 13th, covering the topic of monkeypox. Until the next episode, take care of your skin and sexual health.